So we'll talk about this feast day, the Epiphany, in a minute. But first, I think a couple of things I'd like to talk about. So first, just really simply, there's a tradition um, on the feast of the Epiphany. After the gospel is uh, proclaimed, there's a tradition of announcing those different feast days that we celebrate during the year, which are on a different date. So like Easter, um, Ash Wednesday, everything that kind of flows from Easter, the Ascension, the P- Pentecost, whatever, uh, just so that um, we can announce it and be prepared for it. Because like there's a connection with the birth of Jesus there's a connection to his crucifixion and then, of course, to his resurrection. So here's the announcement. Know, dear brothers and sisters, that as we have rejoiced at the nativity of our Lord Jesus Christ, so by leave of God's mercy, we announce to you also the joy of his resurrection, who is our Savior. On the 14th day of February will fall Ash Wednesday and the beginning of the fast of the most sacred Lenten season. On the 31st day of March, you will celebrate with joy Easter Day, the Paschal Feast of our Lord Jesus Christ. On the 12th day of May will be the Ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ. On the 19th day of May, the Feast of Pentecost. On the second day of June, the Feast of the Most Holy Body and Blood of Christ. On the first day of December, the first Sunday of the Advent of our Lord Jesus Christ, to whom is honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. So I'll print those dates in the bulletin uh, for next weekend, if you'd like to put them into your calendar, as well as uh, I, I'll have in there the, the days of Holy Day of Obligation and the day of the week that they fall on, so you can be prepared for them, so that when I announce them, it's not like, a, oh, what is this? But it's like, oh, no, I'm ready for it, right? That's, that's the idea. Okay, that was the first thing. The second thing that I want to talk about is this. So we know that during our church year, of course, we celebrate different feast days like Christmas and, and Easter. Uh, we celebrate the Epiphany, like what we're celebrating today, other, other big feast days. But then hopefully you also know that during the year, we celebrate other feast days of the saints, you know, like St. Clement, our our patron saint here. Uh, His feast day is on November 23rd. Every year we remember his life. We hopefully can be inspired by him in a fresh way, something like that. Uh, St. Francis of Assisi, everybody's favorite saint, is on October 4th. Um, You know, there's different saints during the year. So this last Tuesday on January 2nd, the church remembered two saints, saints Gregory Nazianzen and St. Basil the Great. These are two saints who lived in the early-ish days of the church. They lived in the 300s. So uh, early-ish, not, not all the way at the, at the beginning, but you know, within the first couple hundred years. And this, they're, they're called the church fathers. So these early saints that lived in these early days, they're called the church fathers. Why are they called the church fathers? Because they worked out a lot for us of what we believe today without thinking about it, without even considering it. So for example, St. Saint, Gregory and Basil, they played a really big role in working out our understanding of God as Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We, we sort of take for granted that, that the Trinity is three different persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but one God. Even if we don't fully understand it, like we begin the Mass with the sign of the cross announcing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And we sort of take for granted, like, of course, that's who God is. But in the early days of the church, they had to understand, like, or they had to try to figure out, like, okay, well, who exactly is Jesus? And, and we can look at the Gospels, we can look at the Scriptures, but like, how is he related to the Father, and how is he related to the Holy Spirit, and, and how did those three work together? They had, they had to kind of work that out, actually, and a bunch of other things they had to work out, like, like how can we explain the Eucharist? How can we explain, you know, any, any number of things that, that takes place for us as Catholic Christians, as Christians? Um, so we owe a debt of gratitude to them, which is incredible. 
Uh, so as they work this out, what happens? Sometimes people come along and they try to work it out with them, but they, they work it out in ways that are maybe not quite accurate enough, not with what's matching up with what's in the scriptures or, or what the saints of the very early days believed. And so sometimes there's like a correction that needs to take place here. And Gregory and Basil contributed to that correction as well as contributed to the accurate understanding of the Trinity. So that's, that's part of why we celebrate both of those guys on the same day. I think the other reason, and maybe it's a bigger reason, is that these two guys, Gregory and Basil, were best friends. They, it, uh, every year, the church um, invites priests to pray uh, in a certain kind of way, every day, in fact. And every year on January 2nd, the church invites us to reflect on one of the writings of St. Gregory Nazianzen as he talks about his friendship with St. Basil. And it talks about once they met each other, they became quick friends. And not just like quick friends, but they became good friends, where they decided like, we have this one goal in our lives, and this one goal is that we would be Christians, like true Christians, that people would know us to be Christians. That's what we want. And so they shared everything together. They shared life together. They, they prayed together. They uh, studied together. They, they even lived together so that they could share a common life with each other as brothers in the Lord and as those who went out teaching and preaching in the name of Jesus. It's like this incredible thing. And so the church has us celebrate their day today, uh, their day on January 2nd together because this is what friends are meant to do, actually. And for me, every year when I read about this reflection, it just causes me to pause and reflect on my own friendships and specifically to pause on my friendships that are focused on Jesus, focused on my life and, and the other person's life in Christ. It, it causes me to reflect like Basil and Gregory were best friends. And so I think of like my best friends, I think of people like Father Vasek over in Thief River Falls and, and how he and I, like, we, we're, we're like kindred spirits in so many ways. Like, we, we share life together. We love sharing life together. We love, of course, doing normal things like watching sports, whatever. But we also love doing nerdy things together, like playing Bible trivia so that we can test each other's knowledge on the scriptures and hopefully come to know the scriptures better and therefore come to know Christ better. We love talking about what we're doing in our parishes to try to help people come to know and love Jesus in a more full way. We love sharing ideas about the Christian message, sharing ideas about ways to evangelize, sharing ways about how to be, be priests and live out our priesthood together. There's, there's other priests in my life that I do this with down, down in the Twin Cities, and I have, I have one good priest friend up in Alaska. I have other friends of, of priests in the Diocese of Crookston, uh, like, and I love reflecting on my friendship with these priests and the, the depth of this friendship that has taken place over years that, that began maybe in seminary, that began before ordination to the priesthood and has continued to develop over time, however frequently or infrequently I can connect with these guys. But then I also reflect on, on other friendships that I have with, with people who are not priests, people who are not ordained, people maybe that, that I've known since before going to seminaries from my, my conversion. But I mentioned this, that, that I grew up in a family that wasn't super active or wasn't really active at all in the Catholic faith. We didn't go to Mass except on Christmas and Easter. And so for me, when I had my conversion to, to the Lord, what happened? Well, I, I drew a lot of strength from my friendships with people who also wanted to grow in their Catholic Christian faith. And so that's like been so important to me. So some of my friendships are 20 years old, and I know that some of you have friendships that are longer than that, but for me, as I reflect on it, it's just like there's a kind of depth to these friendships and then other friends that I've gathered along the way. This last weekend, I was, I, I was with a whole bunch of friends, some kind of accidentally and some intentionally. And as I was with them and I was, I was driving away, I was just like, man, I, I'm so energized by this. I, I just love these friends, the depth of these, these friendships. And, and what, it, what is it that gives it the depth of the friendship is ultimately our common goal to pursue Jesus, to pursue life with Christ, 
to live out the gospel ultimately. It's like this incredible gift that, that like it's something that you can't find in other friendships. You can't find it in, in other relationships that are not focused on Jesus. But focusing on Jesus, it provides this additional depth that it's just so good. And it provides such meaning and, and power to it, really, in so many ways. Um, this, this is something that, that I think about also on today's feast, the Epiphany. I think about this because so many times on Epiphany, we focus rightly, as we should, on Jesus, right? Jesus revealed as divine to these foreigners who came from hundreds of miles away just to have a moment where they could offer worship to Jesus, where they could bow down and worship before him and give him these gifts, just a moment. But I was thinking more than just this moment, I was thinking of what it took for them to get to this moment and what it took for them after this moment to get back home. So we don't, we don't actually know that much about the, about the Magi. We, in fact, don't even really know for sure that there are three of them. We, we sort of associate with three of them, but if you notice in the gospel passage, it doesn't say that three Magi came, it just says that Magi came. In fact, some traditions suggest that maybe as many as 12 of these guys got together, kind of pooled their resources and brought these gifts. But that's, that's not that important. What, what is important is to reflect on just like, okay, like what, what was that like for them? Back, back in the East, when they saw the stars to begin with, like how did that work out between the relationship that they had with each other? Who was the first one to notice the stars and then like in his excitement to get everyone else on board? And then who was it that had the idea of like, hey, we should go visit. We should go together. And the other ones are like, that's a long ways away. And the other ones are like, yeah, but what kind of an adventure would that be? You know, like to go on this incredible adventure, literally an adventure of a lifetime that, that was focused on this one singular goal, which was to encounter Jesus, to lay down and worship before him and to give him these incredible gifts. Just to think about that, that journey, like I'm sure there were some, some moments in that, that time, right? So we think, of, we think of traveling hundreds of miles and we think to ourselves, well, I can get there, you know, in a day or maybe just a few hours. They, of course, didn't have cars back then. They had camels, right? So that, like what? That it would have taken them weeks, maybe months to get from where they were at to get to Jesus. And so you think about like, what was that like? Like, I'm sure there were plenty of moments of deep and rich conversation. I'm sure there were plenty of other moments of just like walking in silence together. Maybe there were other moments where their, their personalities clashed a little bit and they, they thought to themselves like, why am I traveling with this group of people? Whatever it is, it all culminates in this one moment where their goal, their singular goal to encounter Jesus is fulfilled. And then from there, they go back. So just to reflect on like, what was that friendship like? And we ultimately don't really know. And so in so many ways, we have kind of a bit of freedom to imagine it and to wonder about it. Just like kind of a nice little reflection that you could bring into your prayer. But as I was reflecting on this, I was, I was reflecting again on my own friendships and how, like, I have different types of friendships in my life. I have, I have friendships that are more formal, where I get together with a group of people. I'm going to do this this afternoon, actually. I'm going to get together with a group of priests. And we're just going to share. We have a structure to our meeting together, our time together, where we can share about, like, what's going on in life? How are things at your parishes? How are, how are, how's your prayer going? How's your pursuit of living the Christian message going? That structured time where we can be with each other to support each other, to encourage each other, to hold each other accountable. And having that time is such a valuable thing as I reflect on it. And then also having other friends that are less formal, that are, that are more informal, where it's just like, I can be in their presence and I can just know, like, I don't have to worry about putting up a fight to try to convince someone that, that the church is the church and so it's worth living. I don't have to try to convince somebody that, that the Christian message is something that's ultimately worth embracing. But instead it's like, no, I know that they're, they're going for it. And so we can just kind of be in each other's presence and, 
and rejoice in, in the goodness of God together. I think about those friendships. I think about this friendship between the Magi, that potential. I, we don't even necessarily know that they were friends, but, but in my, my imagination, they are. But then I think about you, and I just wonder, do you know this kind of friendship? My, my, my experience of people, of interacting with parishioners, parishioners and non-parishioners alike, is that most people maybe don't have this kind of friendship where the one singular purpose or one singular goal of the friendship is to lead each other to a deeper encounter with Jesus. I just wonder if you know that, the depth that that can provide. I wonder if you want it. Do you have friends in your life that, that you can point to and say, no, that person, I know that that person, he and I, or she and I, together, we walk together towards Jesus, and that's, that's at the heart of our friendship. And if you don't have that, I wonder if, if you might be willing to ask the Lord to help you get to a place in friendship with that kind of a person. And I know that living in a small town, sometimes that can be a little tricky because it's like, well, there's only so many Christians to go around. There's only so many Catholics to go around. And I know that even among church-going people, not everyone is really in it. And so like when I'm looking at who can I be friends with that can maybe lead me or I can lead them closer to Christ together, I, I, don't, I don't know, there's not may, maybe not that many options. Among those who are options, I don't, I don't know that I wanna be friends with all of them, right? It's like, so there's, there's a little bit of difficulty there. And yet at the same time, I know in my own life, that I have friends with people that I'm naturally attracted toward. I also have friends in my life of people that I'm maybe not naturally attracted toward, but I know that that person wants to go toward Christ. And so I, I choose to be their friend, even though sometimes maybe our personalities clash a little bit, even though sometimes there's a little bit of a grinding against myself or me against them. And yet at the same time, I know that our common friendship is a friendship that leads to Christ. I just want to invite you to reflect on that and to wonder about it like, is there a way for you to embrace friendship of that sort with somebody, maybe with a group of people? Again, I know that maybe taking the first step might be kind of an awkward step to take, to imagine like going up to someone, whether that someone is your spouse or someone is someone that you work with or another friend that you have, but maybe you've never talked about Jesus together. I know that that step can be a little awkward to say, hey, I'm wondering if you wanna actually shift a little bit in our friendship and just strive to grow closer to Jesus. I know that that can be a little bit difficult. In fact, I have a friend myself who was in that, that situation. So he was at a parish that I was at uh, prior, to, prior to this one. And I saw him one day. He was coming out of the church. He just stopped to pray. And it was clear that he wanted to talk about something. So we sat down to talk, and he just shared with me, I want to grow in my faith. Now, this guy was already going to Mass on a regular basis. But he's like, I want to grow in my faith even deeper. But the thing is, I'm not sure if my wife wants to. I'm not sure how she's going to respond if I suggest to her that we take things up a step. And I said to her, I said to him, well, you could just ask and see what happens. And so he did. He took that risk in faith and he asked her, he told her like, I want to grow in my faith. I want to, I want to become a, a, a greater Christian as much as I can, as much as we can. And I'm wondering if you want to be a part of that. And her response was actually like, yes, I, I want that. And I was wondering the same thing. So they both had the same thought of like, I want to grow in my faith, my Christian, my Catholic Christian faith, but I'm not really sure how you're going to respond. So I, I hesitate a little bit. So maybe we just needed a little bit of a, little bit of a, a, a gentle nudge to get over that awkwardness so that together we can grow. And that's exactly what happened. They took that next step to grow. And now they and their children are, are this, this shining example for the people around them which is that impacts on not just them, but on the community around them, on their expanded family, upon their friends, upon other men and women in the parish where they belong. 
Right? So just to, just to think about how a friendship that is rooted in Christ, that is singularly focused on growing in your Catholic Christian faith, how that kind of a witness can provide for people a light in a dark world that is so bogged down with sin, that is so bogged down with anxiety, with difficulties, with, with different things that is so easy to stray from living the Christian faith if we're not focused on Jesus, how that kind of a friendship can be a light for people that attracts them to the Catholic Christian faith. So I just invite you, maybe, maybe there's someone in your life, maybe there's a group of people in your life that, that you could gather yourself around and just say, hey, I wanna be here to support you to grow in your Catholic Christian faith. And I hope you would be here to support me as well so that we can do this together, not, not just trying to make it on our own, but instead as a, a friend, a group of friends maybe, we can grow in our faith and that kind of thing can lead to what? It can lead to a deeper encounter with Jesus. It can lead to deeper and lasting happiness and meaning in your life. It can be the kind of thing that, that says, you know what? I'm willing and I'm ready to go on this kind of adventure, however long it takes, this kind of adventure with you because I know that you and I, we're focused on the same thing. And that same thing ultimately is reaching the eternal kingdom where we can worship the Lord Jesus face to face for all of eternity.